look, there's gaps in this dude's armor. <laughs> and yet stormtroopers are historically the worst shots in the galaxy. And yet these guys hit his armor every time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ian Anderson. Some shit. And Jay Vinson. Do you guys ever find yourself wondering if you should take the time to set your TiVo to record a show each week, spend the money on that streaming service, or invest hours into binging that show that all of your friends say you should watch? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We put TV shows on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. To check out our other episodes, if you're joining us on Facebook or Instagram after our live, you can head to our website using the link in our bio. If you're on YouTube, the link's in the description down below. You can also listen to us wherever fine podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Ghana, just to name a few. And as always, it's complete free no matter where you're listening today we're reviewing chapter 14 of the mandalorian the tragedy the night is dark and full of spoilers so if you haven't seen this episode and you want to avoid spoilers get out now catch the replay here on facebook or on youtube or on tuesday our podcast will go live with this everything we talk about so you can check it out there if you don't care about spoilers hang out we're going to chat about it uh so let's dive right in guys this episode opens with mando and grogu heading to tython based on the advice of ahsoka tano where they can take him to the temple so it's really interesting and i loved how this episode kind of be- began when they got to there and it was like this dad playing with his son and trying <laughs> to like teach him all this skills he's trying to keep him up on his little force powers and was all celebrating and did that whole oh no no i'm not mad you're good because like, <laughs> i love that he like drops the ball because <laughs> he's like oh he just yelled because he was so excited about it so it was really uh, interesting way to start I was, little ball. I was thinking about the process like if mando were to be his dad, he could train and teach this kid for like 30 years and the kids still might not even be able to speak. Like, can you imagine putting that much effort and never seeing like him get older? Because he's 50 years old, right? Yeah, he's 50 yeah. now, 50 ish. Yeah. yeah, it was so cute watching them together. I thought, and honestly, I could, I don't like the name, but I could easily call him Gorgu just to get a reaction out of him, like Mando is doing over and over again. Like, Gorgu. yeah. Gorgu, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's happened to me where I've accidentally, like, uh, not even me, it was my brother. My brother, I don't know, he, like, acts like kids are animals. And so when my daughter was a toddler, he'd come into the room, he has a real deep voice, and he'd be like, hey, what are you doing? And she'd, like, stop <laughs> and freeze, like she did something wrong. And that's exactly what it reminded me of. But, yeah, and then he, uh, <laughs> when they get down, well, first of all, fucking jetpack, they switched the jetpack, which is really fucking cool. I was like, like jetpack fuck yes and he calls that um like taking the top off or windows down yeah and then when he gets to the rock i was i imagine this is how i even wrote in my notes that this must uh, it's like questions everybody question to jj does this look jedi to you <laughs> Yo, it's when he logs up he's like oh, come on kid what is this this look jedi enough to you this magic rock he even calls it a magic rock <laughs> Yeah, I did laugh. And I, it's funny that you say that because I had in my notes. I was like, I want to know if there's the rest of a temple underneath that thing, because the what that looks like is the top of a Jedi temple. 
And so I, I couldn't help but wonder, I was like, I wonder if there's in that mountain that's underneath that part, if that's the rest of the temple and if you'd have be able to access it. So that's the kind of nerd shit my brain went to. But yeah, I did. I did. get. Is this, does this look Jedi to you? <laughs> I mean, it does. Honestly, I thought it was going to open up, like you said, and I didn't even know what it looked like. But just like the setting when he put his hand on it and it turned blue, I was like, oh, yeah, what do you know? It's going to fucking mm-hmm. open just like he said he would. But man, he's he's putting a little too much faith in. Uh, oh, I guess I can't say that now after seeing him kick ass at the end of the episode. Spoilers, but a little too much faith in Baby Yoda because he's like, "Come on, kid, here we are. Let's get this done." And he's like looking at butterflies and shit. <laughs> he's like, "The girl said you know how to do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, and to kind of touch on Ian, what you were talking about with the the older version where you just never know when you're going to see the fruits of all your labor with this kid. There's online, you ought to search it. I'm not going to bring it up, but you ought to search it. There's somebody did some fan art of an adult Grogu, like, and he's decked out in Mandalorian armor and he's got the shoulder piece that's got the mud horn yeah. insignia on it. Oh, and shit, he, that's awesome. And he's sitting there with his hand out in front of him and he's floating the little ball above his hand. It's it's pretty bitching, actually. Yeah, you just if you just like Google "grown up Grogu," it'll pop up. Like they, he's sitting on this rock and he's just kind of chilling with this, and it looks pretty cool. I was like, somebody's got too much time on their hands, but I wish I could draw that well. I'd have done it too. <laughs> you know, honestly, that kind of I guess that is what I wanted. I was trying to think what my topic should be today, and I think it uh, it has a lot to do with the Razor Crest, which fucking mm. a man, the Razor Crest. Yeah. So was the uh, tragedy the Razor Crest or Grogu? <laughs> getting taken away i know right and that's a perfect title for this episode i didn't even know that was a title until you said so but it's insane that it's only been two seasons and we have these little things that were all i think this whole episode like last episode was with ashoka it was just like a bunch of drops of shit that we can't wait for and this is like a bunch of drops back to shit that we already kind of already know in the lore of the mandalorian show so the mm-hmm. ball when he picks it up from the dirt and then he finds the best uh, the best car spe- uh, spear I'm like yes fuck yeah mm-hmm. and then even the death troopers when they show up that's like a you know finally getting back to Moth Gideon and the Razor Crest I was like man when I blew up because I was thinking from the the episode I was like I was so glad that they have this little ball that they can keep going back to to show us like how much they care and then it fucking blew up but he mm-hmm. finds the ball and I was like man this show is only what 14 episodes in or some shit and we already have all these callbacks we're now missing the razor crest it's just gone i have to go look right, for it they'll uh, build it in about a day it'll be back <laughs> yeah. day work some jawas we're good <laughs> it's true true i gotta go look for it in Fortnite now and i don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> yeah well it's, i was laughing i texted ian about it i was like man what a great we were texting and i was like yeah so much for that uh fixing the razor crest in no time that uh, yeah I told him even, like, if Quill was still alive, it'd be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even Boba Fett is a callback. Like this was oh, the, the episode of callbacks to bring it all together for the grand finale, which is going to be fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Two more episodes. Well, let's talk about Boba. So that was the coolest thing. So I got goosebumps and I was like cheering and shit out loud by myself in my room watching this thing <laughs> in my game room watching this thing is as the slave one, which is Boba's ship, comes flying in. I I was just peeing myself a little. So you know the so, ship. I had no idea. Oh yeah, that's uh that that ship has been it was in you first see it in the Empire Strikes Back. 
in the original trilogy. And then you see a version of it with Django and Boba when they're on. And I can't remember the name of the clone planet off the top of my head, but Camino. Camino. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. So when they're flying, exactly, exactly. When they're on Camino, you see the blue and silver version of it for Django Fett. And then you see it again throughout the, there's a couple times in the Clone Wars and show and then Rebels that you'll see a young Boba um, growing up as a bounty hunter and you see that ship. So yeah, Slave One, man, that's that's the name of that ship. It's iconic. Did you know it was so before seeing the ship did you know it was boba because even when i saw him face to face i of course was like that's Django." Mm-hmm. but because i thought that's what we discussed it being and then he says his, or the girl says his name which that fucking girl is awesome oh yeah after more than ahsoka she's pretty fucking cool wow i can't go that far but i have a history with ahsoka <laughs> but i do yeah so obviously we see when boba shows up and i knew it was boba because Django dies in the in the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy oh, oh yeah um yeah. he dies he dies in attack of the clones the second one of the pre prequel trilogy so um i knew it was boba and it was really cool cuz you see the scarring on his face from when he was which i'm assuming and it's all assumption is from when he was in the sarlacc pit had to do with the acidic way that when he was being digested so the the damage to his armor matches what was probably done to his face and the rest of his body but he he does he has fennec shand who we thought died in the first season but we now know whose boots it was that we saw at the end of that episode on Tatooine, and he obviously he lost replaced... spurs in this one, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but when he obviously replaced some parts with her with some some mechanical parts, like they did with Luke, which was a nice callback to where pretty much anything in Star Wars can be replaced with droid parts or robotics of some sort, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I really enjoyed having Ming Na Wen is great. That's the actress that plays Fennec Shan. She uh, was the original voice of the cartoon version of. Mulan, and she also has been in the Marvel show Agents of Shield for the last seven years. That's where I know her from. Yeah, yeah, so she was Agent May in that show. So she's a big Disney staple. So it was really good to see her, and I I really enjoy her. She's a great star, great action star, great actress. So it was fun to see her, and then you tie her into somebody that you actually come to like because she's making deals on the fly with with uh, <laughs> Mando as the fights going on, and she's wrecking some some uh, Fuck yeah. stormtroopers. Man, it was great. That uh, that whole siege. It reminded me of uh, almost like a World War II siege because they had more space mortars, a space <laughs> Gatlin gun, which the guy even starts shooting at that boulder. I'm like, why the fuck would you shoot a boulder, dude? Get out the way. <laughs> but the those, so those mortars looked like they were like little M80s. Like they were like <laughs> yeah. so uh, anticlimactic when it came to the explosion. Like you're, oh man, a mortar. And then it's like, poof. Yeah. yeah, a little rock shoots up into right. the sky. That's it. Just some dust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's I more did. of like a noise, like a non-lethal noise type of weapon, honestly. Something they disperse into crowds to just shut them the fuck up. You know what it sounded like, Ian, and this is bad. Oh, except you, were you on the... You were. It sounds like the commercials from the freaking uh, <laughs> swing boat. <laughs> If you haven't, you got to go check out our our episode about swing vote in the podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, there's a shameless plug. But we there's a commercial we did swing vote where kids are going up in puffs of smoke. That's what that sounded like. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) so you should check that out. It was a funny conversation. So big things with Boba. He wants his armor. There's this whole question about who he is. Um, I loved that he actually. First of all, Boba handled some shit with some stormtroopers mm-hmm. and that fight where he's running through with the gaffy stick, the sand people stick 
and just mauling these freaking stormtroopers. And I love that you see the crushed armor. Um, he's pushing the sharp end through this the armor into the dude. He bashes the dude's helmet to pieces. It was just a great scene to see that Boba is just as badass as us Star Wars fans have always wanted him to be. And then he goes into the Razor Crest and steals the armor back, which I love. <laughs> and then comes yeah. out and kicks even more ass with laser beams out of his arms, gun, like blaster beams out of his kneecap armor i'm like where the hell is this guy keeping all these guns that's such like an old guy move too he's like oh fucking neat pow pow yeah <laughs> it was so great i loved every second of that fight with seeing boba in action seeing the old armor i love that they made it so that this old dude who's kind of fat didn't fit him anymore like it just he looked like yeah that, that armor's old dude like you're you're getting old <laughs> especially like over the robe yeah had going on i was like uh, it kind of works just like don't show the lower half where he's still got nothing on there but yeah. oh so funny but then they they really dropped this big bomb so they show after everything's happened talking about boba he shows his chain code to prove that the armor is his which has been translated if you guys haven't seen because oh, by the way look right here boom mandalorian chain code it's already i haven't looked at it it's just fucking yeah. I have a million of these notifications yeah oh yeah the chain code so how it reads is, is this language reads from top to bottom left to right so when you're reading it it actually reads down like this and then from mm -hmm. this side to this side so it's an it's interesting like airbag kind of yes goes backwards a little bit. and so this airbag one right to left yeah oh. right to left. this one's left yeah, to right. right but it is top to bottom so when you read a word so for example the way that they've translated what they could see it was the words foundling and then took into is what you can see and then the year the and then concord dawn and Concord Dawn is the planet that Django is from. And then Mentor Jast, which everyone is assuming based on us nerds, that it's Jaster from referring to Jaster Mareel. And I'll tell you about him in a second. But And then Father Fett and then Boba Fett. So it shows it's basically his, his tree after becoming a foundling where he was from, where he was taken into, and then who took him in. And Jaster Mareel in old canon. So this is the old canon that they got rid of. There was a series of comics after the Attack of the Clones movie that was about Jango Fett. And Jango was, in that lore, he was Mandalorian. He was true Mandalorian, born. His family was killed, and he was taken in. He was adopted by Jaster Mareel who at the time eventually becomes forms a group called what they called the true Mandalorians. And at the time there were three different factions as they were fighting. There was a pacifist faction, there were the true Mandalorians, and then there was Death Watch. And Death Watch were the militant crazy ones. And this is the old lore again. So Jaster Mareel eventually becomes the Mandalore. So through this battle, he becomes the leader of Mandalore. Jaster is killed during this war by Death Watch, and Jango becomes the Mandalore. And then as more war goes on, the the, this is the Mandalorian civil war in old canon. So during this war, Django is dethroned, sold into slavery. He breaks free from slavery after a number of years, goes back, gets his armor, and then leaves Mandalore and becomes 
a bounty hunter and who we see in Attack of the Clones with Boba. He becomes the the blueprint for the clone army in at that point. So that's the old lore. So it seems like they're tying in some of the old lore as they've been doing throughout this show, bringing some of that Legends lore into the new lore. So I don't know how much they'll tie into. We already have Death Watch, but they're who basically it's seeming like they're leading toward who this extreme faction that up until now Din Djarin has been a member of where you don't take off your helmet, you're the foundlings, things like that. That was Death Watch who saved him. We know that for a fact based on the new canon. So I'm really interested to see if during his spinoff show, now that we know he's getting one, if there's going to be some answers around who Jastin Real is in the new canon, uh, the new Civil War, how they tie into because they did mention that his dad fought, that Django fought in the Civil War. Yeah, so, I was going to say, they do say that. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see how they're going to tie, They've they're pulling elements from the old Legends canon and into the new canon and how they're going to tie that all together. I got, I mean, I've just been geeking out ever since Thursday morning or <laughs> Friday morning at one in the morning when I watched the show. So I, it's just been so much fun for me because there's so much old tie-in. And everything about this episode is like an old school tie-in. Like you're saying, Jay, even the title, The Tragedy, is a reference to, we're talking about Jedi stuff, which we're going to talk about in a minute with the kid, but <laughs> the, the tragedy, one of the most famous lines and most memed lines in all of Star Wars is the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, man. Are you kidding me? Have you ever heard the tragedy of, of the Sith Lord Darth Plagueis? And as soon as I saw the name, the tragedy, I'm like, oh shit, that's a callback. I don't care who you are. That's a reference directly to Sidious he's, telling Anakin. He's the Dark Lord who tried to get, yeah, he's the one, okay, you're the yeah, one who told him that Anakin can bring people back from life if he goes to the dark side or something like that. So he was, Darth Plagueis was Palpatine's master. Uh-huh. He was the one that, that found Palpatine, created Palpatine, and Palpatine tells Anakin in the, the space opera scene of Revenge of the Sith, He's if you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And he says, no. He goes, I don't <laughs> wouldn't figure that you would, and no Jedi is going to tell you it. And then he tells him the story about this guy that can manipulate the midichlorians, which is very, a tie-in to the show. We're talking about the M-Count, yeah. right? They want this kid's blood for midichlorians to do whatever they're doing. And... So that tie-ins there and then how he, you know, and that's the the story that really led, was kind of almost the catalyst for Anakin trying to save Padme from death because he tells him that Plagueis figured it out and that his apprentice learned everything that he knew how to do, which was Plagueis. So he finds that out. It's a big twisty story. But I love that tie-in. Like, I was like, holy shit, there is so much. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yeah, down to even just the title. But I was wondering with the chain code, real quick if Mm -hmm. they did drop any bombs for like big star wars fans like yourself i was like i was i was thinking like while i was watching i was like i wonder if there's anything in there that people are going to decrypt and it's going to like be this big thing sure enough i got notifications (laughs) but uh i know i am excited and also that kind of brings me to the dark saber because uh it was acting so that's a jedi weapon right Yes. Okay. Then that answers a lot of questions. So, but yeah. I'm so excited at how they tied all this in. Yeah. Quick reminder that the Darksaber was the weapon of the only Mandalorian Jedi in history. And so mm-hmm. that's where it came from. That's why there's so much lore around it for the, whoever has it in Mandalore is the leader of Mandalore, can at least make a claim to be the Mandalore and lead the Mandalorian people and why Bo-Katan wants it. I'm sure that's how during that civil war and the, the purge is how Gideon got it. So I'm very interested to that but let's talk about grogu here so (laughs) as boba flies in on the slave one all of a sudden we see he turns around to get the kid 
and he's wrapped in this blue tunnel of force power, right? This towering piece of the force, which is really cool. And it's impenetrable. It's almost like it's created this shield around the kid. Obviously, we see Mando try to get into it to grab the kid like three times and gets knocked back. And so he ends up saying, oh, I'll just protect you. Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll give you some time. And then even that made me wonder about when the or Boba and the girl were like talking about having a sniper on him. I'd be like, good fucking luck. He's got this blue <laughs> shit around him right now. I'm trying to get to him. Yeah, because I don't think they knew that that might. And I don't know if it was blaster impenetrable, <clears throat> but I would assume so. I don't but. know either, but yeah. Yeah, also, it's crazy. His face when they took him away, it makes me never want to even attempt to shoot at him. So yeah, but was enough. that like a a location beacon? Was he like calling all the Jedi's like a transformer? I don't know, <laughs> like a transformer. <laughs> I don't know. I and that's kind of one of the things that I got really excited about with the episode because it's new. Never seen really anything like this in my awareness of Star Wars lore, and I know there's some gaps there that I. I know there's things that I've missed in some of the comics and stuff, but I've never seen that before. And my brain's sitting there going, that's cool as hell. And I want to know who's going to respond to it. Like, that's my big yeah. question. Because the, yeah, the the possibilities are huge, right? It might be somebody we don't know about at all. It could be somebody on the dark end of this deal, right? I mean, who knows? Especially yeah, with- choking people out, man. I got a yeah, little Seriously, like he's got a little darkness in him, but you've got Luke Skywalker that's out there. You might have, again, from the rebel side you have the kid and my brain is just not working right now but the kid that was in rebels that was force sensitive and was working to become a jedi under kane and jarris and so you have there's options out there so it's very interesting to me to see who might answer that call and it's obvious that he's chosen some form of training or reaching out to the force like ahsoka said he gets to choose his path so i'm Mm. just curious Ezra Bridger, that's who might answer that call too. So especially now that they've dropped it somewhere in there, they know where that, that, Thrawn is back because the last time we saw Ezra, he was yeah. Thrawn. So I'm very interested to see if anyone and if if someone does, who will answer it. Because I can't imagine you would ignore that. That seemed like quite a powerful call. <laughs> I mean, it knocked him out. Which, by the way, did we know that the was that the Death Watch that came to get him? Who the guys uh, that we th- I didn't know were were droids until now. Yeah. So those are dark troopers. Those are the ones that we saw with Gideon at the end of the siege episode where they go into the base, you see Gideon on the ship and he's got all those Darth Vader looking soldiers in the behind him. And those, that's where those came from. And again, those are, those come from a video game lore and there were live, there were human versions of them. And then there were the droid versions. So they're obviously leaning into the droid versions. That's who you saw in the games mostly. And then in the comics later, they added some of the, the more human exoskeleton versions of them. You, but it was a really good call, but really cool callback and, and tie into the games. Do you think that, um, um, they're an upgraded version of like what killed Mando's family because to me they all they look like sentient or sentients from X-Men <laughs> so oh, yes, when I, I saw it in the first season I was like oh man that's the ultimate sentient and then these new ones I was like they kind of look more badass than that first one so they, in the first one the ones that killed Mando's family and you see was standing out when they open up that thing and it's those were the the B2 battle droids so those were the super battle droids from and you see those throughout Clone Wars mm-hmm. and throughout yes throughout the Clone Wars television television show and then you've seen them in comics but they were part of the clone wars and then yes i i would assume that these are a very much upgraded version of those they look very intimidating with their red jetpack coming out of their feet and their the black armor. 
I'm super excited to see what those can do. And not only that, but another short-term excitement that I have is Bob is sticking around and Bo-Katan is out looking for the Darksaber. And I'm really hoping I get to see all five Mandalorians going at it. Because Hell so yeah. Good. That's got to happen. So the only thing that I know for sure is they did an interview with Sasha Banks, who was one of the other Mandalorians with Bo-Katan, and she said that her time on the on the season was done. Now, that doesn't mean that she may not be there, and it she wasn't on set, but a stunt double who's in the armor may be there. So I'm because I'm with you. I'm hoping that all of these these things converge, right? So you have all of these Mandalorians looking for the same thing. They're chasing Gideon now, right? So there's no reason for Boba and Din Djarin to not show up and have at the same time Bo-Katan and her three, or maybe you get a whole army of the Night Owls because there's got to be more than three. So I'm really hoping because I the amount of dark troopers that were on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I realized that we see Din Djarin taking some blaster bolts all the time, which is the one thing about this show that's starting to bother me a little bit. I'm not going to lie, because look, there's gaps in this dude's armor. <laughs> and yet stormtroopers are historically the worst shots in the galaxy. And yet these guys hit his armor every time. <laughs> and maybe it's because they're aiming for the, the parts that aren't his armor. I don't know. But that part watching him when he's standing there and he and, and Fennec Shander going before Boba shows up and they're just ta- he's just just taking blaster bolt after blaster bolt and she's standing behind him i'm like there's a lot of gaps in that armor mm, for him to just yeah. be. it's like, the uh <laughs> the dark knight paradox you know they're like yeah you can get stabbed all right fuck it whatever yeah. <laughs> as long as i don't get shot with these things i guess i can't get shot as well as get stabbed in these fucking plates fucking morgan freeman but i do hope that so i do hope for that i can see where she might not come back until the third season i really don't hope they tease this fight too much but i want to learn a lot more they showed us just a taste of moth gideon and he was like ooh la la and i'm like oh he is kind of like a fucking sadistic he it's two sadists it's baby yoda and Moth Gideon, they love each other. <laughs> and uh, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's going to have Gus is going to or, or, or Giancarlo Esposito is going to have such a good time doing this. And I want to see that. I want to see where he's been this whole time, what the fuck he's been doing. Like, I don't care if they backtrack it. I think it's going to be very interesting to have, even though I think he leads to Thrawn or other things, but to have him be basically the big bad for all the Mandalorians right now. So a couple things. I, my prediction is, is that next week's episode maybe a backstory ish into mm-hmm. Moff Gideon. And the reason I say that is because of the way that they, they made that ending where he's there with Grogu, they have this little inter- interaction and I just don't see them having, unless the next episode is like gathering the troops to take on Gideon. I just have a hard time. I feel like we're going to see the doctor trying to extract material from, or more DNA from Grogu. And in the midst of that, you're hearing a little bit about, Gideon's story. The one thing I have Mm. figured out about this show over the last 14 episodes is they're never going to give you everything that you want. So I don't think we're going to see a lot, but I think we might see some of Gideon's story. That's my hope. And that's my prediction. I could be way off base. That's already what I would do as a writer. So they are hinting at it. So that's what all of this, like that I was talking about, like even besides the ooh la la part, he's basically like, have you seen this in all these years? You know, it's like, (laughs) wait, 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 what's happened in all these years now? But no, you're probably right because they rounded up the troops in this episode. He went and got the sheriff who's now, Kara is now a sheriff mm-hmm. and uh yeah i don't really see them <laughs> or marshall but i don't see them like uh you know round, 
I, like, maybe they could, but I hope they don't. I hope they go with where you say they're going. I hope so, too. Some cool things, though, too, at the end of the, the episode. So, obviously, we know Grogu gets kidnapped by the Dark Troopers and taken to... Which, good call, by the way. I remember it was you that called that a couple episodes back. Yeah, I just feel like... I felt like that's where we were going, that eventually something had to change where there had to be more than just them chasing them, that they had to get it and it had to flip to where now he's got to save him. So, we'll see how it goes. But I loved the interaction that you're talking about with Moff Gideon and and Grogu and I again I cheered out loud when they opened the door of that cell one mm. it's a direct almost a direct replica to a, the cell from the original Star Wars A New Hope where you see Leia laying in the little mm. bed and, and Luke comes in to save her and oh you're a little short for a stormtrooper aren't you so really cool moment there but then you see Grogu hucking stormtroopers around and Moff Gideon's <laughs> like wait wait just let him throw some fuckers around a little bit this is funny <laughs> shit like i was like it was so cool like and and it's to me another thing that i got out of that besides the entertainment was that he's more embracing that side of himself now he's seen ahsoka he's got you know his protector a little bit there even though he's in a bad spot but i think he's it's showing that he's more willing to use the force in more moments now that it's it's he's seen that it's okay and he's been encouraged so i took that part but i loved that throwing stormtroopers around part yeah we might need to think of him more as like uh kevin hart from secret life of pets because if you want to play on how to use your <laughs> how to use your image just go to the thermal imaging that he looks at when they take him away maybe Yoda's eyes are like he's on fucking ecstasy dude they're so big and your, your heart is like broken you're like oh, no yeah. and the next scene he's just throwing motherfuckers around oh yeah it was great scene was kind of interesting and maybe i misinterpreted it but i was kind of looking at it as the fear that was causing him to like throw these guys around like getting worried that he's when he started choking him i'm kind of like dude you're not supposed to be doing that stuff out of hate like and i gotta feel like that's what's happening right now but that's a good point uh, that's a good point kind of Makes me nervous. I don't want to see a, a bad baby Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> we we totally good. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another that's meme. Almost what I'm hoping for. That's that's another meme I saw this week. Was you know the guy they sitting on the table and it's like here's a fact and it says change my mind or whatever. Yeah. Someone put Baby Yoda is just a shaved uh, whatever <laughs> the gremlin. Gremlin. <laughs> not the what's the gremlin that's not the bad gremlin what mogwai what's what's his oh, name yeah. i can't remember anyway, i just yeah, remember his name yeah. yeah he's just a shaved him and then it has a picture of him you're like oh shit <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> that does make total sense. So there was one more deep cut thing that I wanted to talk about. There's just in passing that made me laugh out loud a couple of times. I had to rewind it and make sure I heard it right. So during that scene, when Gideon shows him the dark saber and is talking about the lightsabers and, you know, have you seen these before? Oh, you're a little young for this. He talks about, you'll put your, you can put your eye out playing with something like this. So everybody, mm-hmm. a lot of times that isn't deep cut Star Wars lore goes right to obviously a Christmas story with the BB gun. Yeah to try out but in one of the most memed images in the original new hope star wars movie is luke skywalker looking down the tube of his father's lightsaber and all he would have to do is turn it on and it would have gone right through his eye and out the back of his head and there's obi-wan kenobi looking at him like the fuck are you doing (laughs) so yeah but it's so that was like to me that was a deep cut for this whole don't look down the tube of this thing because that's what he does grabs it he's like it's your father's weapon and he looks right down the freaking hole of the lightsaber i was like oh my god so i had a great chuckle at the whole you'll put your eye out with that thing 
moment. That's, that's another great thing about Star Wars is that it goes back in time to where that was an actor's choice was to be like, oh, this is the light. And he had no idea of really the mechanics behind it that we all know today. So like now somebody does that shit and they're like, Wait, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like a live grenade, man. Don't hold that up to your face. Yeah. Well, and originally part of what Lucas, the way he explained that away is originally lightsabers weren't supposed to be able to turn, be turned on unless you had the force. So that was uh, the, his original plan was the only way you could turn one on is with the force. And then they changed that. So I think that's part of what, how he explained away him looking down the tube of a lightsaber. <laughs> But it's pretty funny. And you'll never unsee it if you ever go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. You'll see him do that and go, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for next week. And I did love that we see that Cara Dune is now – that's what that medallion was, is they made her a marshal of the New Republic. So she's mm-hmm. official and she's good to go. So I like that. I'm Looks excited like for Carl next week. Carl Weathers guys. comes back too. Yeah, I think you'll see – well, I love how her face changed when he's asking to see – he's like, you got to tell me how to find Mayfield. And she's like, I've been legit, man. I can't help you. I got to do all this stuff the right way and then she goes they've had they have the kid and she's like Mm. oh shit time to break some rules Fuck yeah, it's on now. But it also opens up an interesting question to we have our X-Wing fighters that are not going to be happy about them breaking Mayfield out of prison because they let him go partially because he captured those guys in the first season. So now all of a sudden we might get these X-Wing guys helping them out at some point too because they're chasing down a piece of the Empire. What if they tie in like the first two episodes that Madsen hated about this season to like be the ending of like why everything makes sense that'd be so beautiful <laughs> yeah well i mean if you think about it you now have a bunch of because you know he, he likes to gather his his allies right so you've got mm-hmm. Cobb vanth that could come in the guy may not have the armor anymore but he was still a gunslinger he knows how to fight he's a tricky little bastard you've got boba and fennec who are with him you've got the night owls that might possibly show up you've got kara and grief karga so there's a lot of people that could be pulled into this mix the two x-wing fighters the frog people who the hell knows <laughs> the frog people. <laughs> seriously so, anyway i'm excited i can't wait for next week and uh yeah so Me check too. us out Anything else you guys want to talk about before we close this thing down? I think my biggest disappointment with this episode was that our little podcast episode was longer than it was. I know. <laughs> it was like 29 <laughs> minutes. Wow. It was short. It was yep. short. Yeah, I had to Google it and it said on Google 32 breathless minutes. Like the first thing, like the Google answer. I was like, yeah. fuck, I can't wait to watch that now. Yeah, it was short. And that's the crazy part is, is thir- it's 33 minutes long, but it's 33 minutes with the opening intro and the and credits it's not like yeah. the actual content it's like ian said it's only like 28 or 29 minutes so very short I, so I thought this would be about. i thought this would be ian's favorite episode because they blew up the fucking ship and it's just <laughs> <gone> now. <laughs> no because i'm expecting them to bring it back and i'm gonna hate that <laughs> now i am too actually i thought it was gone for good i'm like oh fuck they're going to put it together. The little red-eyed guys are going to put it together. I don't think they bring him that one back, but I, I do feel like he's going to get a ship. Probably they'll find him some old piece of shit Razor Crest from... Oh, man, it needs to be Slave 2. Oh, dude, I'm in. If he's flying around in the Slave, in a Slave... Oh, I'm in. That would be awesome. Slave's a cool ship. All right, well... Again, if you guys want to listen to our other episodes, you can find those on YouTube for this particular. You can find a YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Facebook. You'll see this in a replay. You can also communicate with us. Let us know what else you want to talk about. If you have questions, I'm always happy to answer those. Join us for our next episode. We'll see you next Sunday at 1.30 Mountain Time, 3.30 Eastern, where we do our live. It'll be at about episode 15 or chapter 15. I can't wait to see what that one's all about and how the movie 
move, the story moves forward. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. Let us know if there's anything else. Jay, again, as always, it's always fun to to chat with you about these things, man. And Ian, I chat with you every other day. So <laughs> always a pleasure, my friend. Nothing special. Yeah, yeah, you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our review for Chapter 14, The Tragedy. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.